Hi, Abube. How are you getting on? Yes, I'm good. And yourself? I'm fine, thank you. It's uh, it's been a little while that we recorded uh, together. I think uh, the start yeah. of this year. Would that be right, or was it was the last year? I think it was last year. <laughs> oh, was it? Well, okay, well, time has flown then. As I was kind of thinking about this episode, um, and it has been a while, to be fair, since episode four. But in that time, there has been a lot of thoughts and there has been a lot of preparation towards this episode. And the way that I I sensed that God was leading me to go about this episode was based on Psalm 63 verse 1. And it's a psalm by David. And it goes, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul longs for you. My flesh faints for you in the dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now, I've just paraphrased that, and it's probably close, but maybe not 100% perfect to King James. And it's an acknowledgement that this world is not perfect. Psalm 63 verse 1 is essentially a picture of every human being. It's me and you. And there is not one of us who is untouched by the imperfection of this world. So we all need God. And I'm grateful and I'm humbled that I know God, but there are also many who do not know God. And to be fair, there are many who do not want to know God and they are proud of this choice. But there are actually many who would like to know God, but who for one reason or another see no words in themselves or you know just can't seem to access. But the fact of it and, and what this psalm touches at is that there is a desire for God in everyone. There is a desire for more in everyone. And So long as we are in this imperfect world, this dry and thirsty land where no water is, we will always need God. And sometimes the reason why people don't see words in themselves is because they feel no one rates them. Maybe they're just happy to be around. Maybe they're just happy to struggle on with life. And then I guess when time is done, they just bow out. You know, there's some people who have made their peace with that. But the fact of it is, there is a God out there. He has a desire for us. And there is a desire in everyone for God. We, we might have, over time, just hardened ourselves to that. Um, over time, we might have just blocked it out. But the fact of it is, there is a desire for God in everyone. And going from my experience, no one is nameless. Nobody is faceless. God knows us. God sees us. And God wants us to know and see him. I've been in a place where I felt I, I I was nameless and faceless. I've been in a place where, for whatever reason, I felt like no one knew me, no one saw me. I felt like I wasn't important. I felt like I was just doing the different things in life that I was doing, going to work, punching the clock, doing all these different things, existing, but not actually meaning anything to anyone. I've been there. Um, I'm not one to go out. I'm not one with a huge, crazy social life. I'm just a really quiet dude living a really quiet life. But there have been times when I felt like I'm on my own. I don't have anybody. Nobody knows me. Nobody really cares. And it's something that you have to remind yourself. It's something that I have to remind myself. I'm not nameless and I'm not faceless. God knows me and God sees me. The point, I guess, I I just want to drive home. And the thing that really stands out for me is 
we all have to realize, and it's not hard to realize, that the world we live in is imperfect. It's not hard. But in that imperfectness is God and this need that we all have for him to make sense of it. Now, whether people believe in God or not is a different thing altogether, but what we can certainly agree on is the imperfectness of this world. You can then choose to accept that or say, actually, hold on, where is the more? And that's what we're talking about. What about you, Ebuve? Um, I, I know I spoke for a little while there. Psalm 63, verse 1, what does that say to you? Yeah, I remember when um, we were just discussing how we were going to go about the episode and then you um, you shared the scripture and I was like, okay, you know, this is interesting. Another Psalms. And for many who don't know, um, the Psalms is, is a very particular book in the Bible because it speaks of a man named David who has gone through periods of, you know, distress and we could almost say that he was also going through a period where he was really trying to, you know, find himself. And so many hurdles, so many difficulties um, that come with life were thrown out at him. But um, the important thing is that he always had someone to, to run to. And I know, Simon, you speak of this idea of being nameless and faceless. And, you know, David at some point was like that when we, we, we look at, you know, him being in the wilderness and nobody knowing him, his brothers not caring about him, and then, you know, God helping him. And even when God still helps him, you know, he still gets in periods of times where people still don't see him. But I think the important thing that carries David throughout life is God, is knowing God, is having someone to, to fall back to. And you say something which I also resonate with is that as a Christian, the biggest flex I have is not speaking in my tongues or is not having the blessings that come. You know, all those are good. But as you said, I am humbled enough to really know God. I think it's something which um, I really cherish. I was reading one um, a verse one time and I think the Lord just, just spoke to me and I think it's in, in, in the book of Genesis and you know, when God told Abraham and he says that fear not for I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. And it, 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 it stuck with me because it was like all God wants us in this world to do is to know him. Like the greatest reward we could ever, ever get is knowing God because in him we find everything else. In him we find identity, purpose, blessing. Everything is found in him. So the greatest thing I could ever be grateful for is coming to the knowledge of Christ. And that makes me, because I, I wouldn't really say, um, well, I've always liked the life of, you know, lay low, quiet, you know, not even being, I like the nameless and faceless. <laughs> if anybody could, could give me that position, it doesn't really bother me. And I think for some people, you're okay within that. It doesn't really bother them. But I feel like when we really step into Christ, we begin to see the importance of being loved, of being known. There's one thing to be, you know, seen and not loved. And there's one thing to be loved and not seen. But to be able to be seen and being loved by God is, is, is an amazing experience. And, you know, Psalm 63 gives us an idea of what David enjoys. Even in the moments of distress, he can be able to say, 
you are my God. And, you know, he has this personal relationship with God. He has an intimate relationship where he can always run to his father. He has somebody who can depend upon even the times of distress. And I think that's that's something which we believers and non-believers should appreciate in that having someone to run to, having someone to be with, having someone to communion with is something which we should not you know, take for granted. And yeah, I think so far, <laughs> that's really what has stuck out with me. Yeah, it, it, it's a loaded scripture, certainly. And um, I was actually thinking as you were saying that, you know, um, for those who know kind of the old rap music where it was all about, you know, being tough and bravado and, you know, how many people you've popped and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, David would be the kind of emo rap, you know, or whatever, you know, the the sensitive guy rap. You know? <laughs> so he, yeah. he's very kind of, uh, he's in his feelings, but in a sense, you know, it, it's funny if you really think of it. And a lot of people don't give the Bible credit for this. A lot of people don't give God credit for this, but he takes both the... That's actually a good thought there, Sam. <laughs> I, lo- I actually love that analogy because... Like he's David is actually the greatest rapper in the Bible because the guy has dropped how many albums? <laughs> this thing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and um, I, I guess it just shows that the kingdom of God, you know, this this family of God, it takes all types of people, and nobody is discriminated against. Nobody should be discriminated against. You know, it takes people who who are tough. But it also takes those who are trying not to be tough, who who are just soft, you know. And and to be fair, the tough and the soft, there are lambs to God, you know. And, and I think you can put on the bravado or you can be, you know, fragile, but God has you. You know, the same Elijah who was bold enough to call down fire and then follow through with everything else that happened after it was the same it was like actually god I, I think i'm ready to go to heaven now it's 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 amazing and it just goes to show that you can be vulnerable with god you know you you, you can you can be a tough guy he sees through that right um but then also you can be the kind of open you know this is me kind of guy and it's like okay that's fine too all right um Another thing that kind of popped into my mind, and I think I, I kind of touched on it there, is that nobody is untouched by the imperfection of this world. You know, uh, even Christians. Yeah. I know it seems like as a Christian, and a lot of people believe this, you know, oh, I'm a Christian now, and uh, life is perfect. I'm living an everlasting life. I'm living in eternity. Eternity starts now and goes forward. And we talked about all of that. But it doesn't still change that even though you have the fullness of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, even though you're being renewed in your mind, transformed every day, conformed in the image or to the image of Christ, it doesn't change that the world we live in is imperfect and we're in it. It doesn't change it. It doesn't change that, you know, one day we might get a cold. It doesn't change that one day our brother or sister or friend or loved one might fall ill. It doesn't change that somebody will die. The imperfection of this world and this world system and this world we live in touches everyone. And so it, it makes me think if we were created to need God in a perfect world, and when I say a perfect world, I mean the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, if they were created to need God and God was showing up every day, um, how much more do we need him in an imperfect world? Mm, and and I, I think people need to 
understand that and, and kind of really let that sit in and yes. you know have God on a daily basis not just on Sundays or not just on special occasions Easter and Christmas but like every day every moment if possible and it is possible actually because every moment you deal with somebody it's an encounter that God wants to use to connect to them but also to connect to you talked about encounters a couple of months ago but that actually just touched me there now that I, I was actually saying it every time that we as a Christian interact with somebody who is not a Christian or even is a Christian how we have that interaction if it is God that works in us to will and to do we've encountered God and they've encountered God if it's God that works in us to will and to do every time as a Christian we act the way God would like us to act they've encountered him and we have also encountered him and so actually in a sense um every encounter can be an encounter with God it's not just a once a day thing in the cool of the day it can be yeah. every moment really yeah um, and you know you know what you just said there actually um struck with me because i think when we try to interact with the unbelievers per se and try to present this idea of of God loving you of God wanting this relationship with you or well, the next question you face is that okay if God is real why is this happening like we know even right now as we're recording this i don't know if it's you know really good to really go into this topic now but we know that we're facing wars we're facing earthquakes we're facing different forms of sorrows and persecutions in this world well if god is real why is this happening well if god is real why did my dad die if god is real why did this happen to so and so person well it just goes back to what you said the fact that we live in this world of death of sin of persecution this imperfect world is that not proof that we need to cling closer to god is it not proof that we need to draw closer to him to be able to really draw meaning from life and i think we we've had this um discussion with the prodigal son in depth and about the different metrics of why the prodigal son did what he did and what he why he went the way he went and i think an important truth from that story is that the prodigal son had the father and he had this world this perfect world where he was the son and he jumped into the imperfect world and he had to see that truly the world was imperfect truly he was imperfect and he lived in an imperfect world because if he if he didn't live in an imperfect world of course probably his friends were going to help him when all those you know things were going on but he had to see that he had imperfect friends he had to see that he had imperfect people around him perfect things were happening around him for him to go back to that idea of perfection i don't know if that that makes sense absolutely it, it makes sense and again it, it really just dials into this series that we're talking in you have to see that there is more but the question is what is the more that you're searching for you know like is it more from this world or is it more from god you know because what is the more that this world offers it offers temporary relief you know maybe as you said the war stops maybe you know people are nicer to each other but then how long does that last for so you know at the end of the day it comes back to this thing more and it's like okay where is this more who is this more how do i connect to this more and the thing that kind of strikes me is that 
I, I think a lot of people want God. You know, I, I think there is this desire for more, for better. Maybe they don't realize it's quite God. Maybe they don't want to believe it is quite God. But people do want God. But I think one of the things that gets in the way is people have a particular mindset about who God is. You know, they've already made up their mind despite not really actually knowing a lot or trying to know. Um, people actually also, they find it hard to believe in, a, in the idea of a good God. You know, people, it, it's easier to believe that God is bad because everything around you is bad. Uh, I mean, you could call it, if you wanted, an oppression mindset. You know, people want a God seated in the clouds, judging every tit with a tat. They want a, a legalistic structure of God. They want their rights. They want their free will. They want the power to, to have their vote. They want to be able to elect their own God or make their own. They want a God that will facilitate and support their choices, their decisions about who they are, their decisions about what they do with their bodies, their decisions about upending natural law and structure that God put in place. Essentially, people just want, if you think of it really then, the possibility to have their own gods, or better yet, to be their own gods. And in a sense, in a sense, people have actually created that. But the fact of it is people, they, it's, it's hard for people to imagine God as being good, not for any justifiable reason, but just that I don't think people have legitimate experiences of true goodness, just based on everything that's happened in the world. And so the conclusion they come to is God cannot be good. And that just rules their mindset. But at, at, the, at the kind of foundation of all this, though, is a desire for God not to be good because they want to be able to do their own thing. I don't know if I've said that well. But if God is good, if God is seen to be good, then we're the bad ones if we don't follow him. So it's better that God is bad and then we're the good ones for being able to do the things we want, whatever it is that it is we want to do. What do you think? I'm not sure I said that well. What do you think? Well, yeah, I agree. Um, the whole concept of God in itself speaks of you know, somebody trying to, to control your life, uh, somebody trying to impede upon your decisions, impede upon your ideas, impede upon your ways of living. Um, so it's just this wrestling between that contention of having a God that can facilitate my life or, you know, just living the life that I want to live. So this this is what is really causing the problem towards people really um, surrounding themselves or coming close to, to, to Christ or coming close to the gospel. It has become a big fear to even touch the Bible because the only things they hear about the about God is is negative. So the impressions and the, the thoughts they've built around him are all negative. So in their mind, God is is the bad guy, you know. And I think if you also look at the the story with, with Samuel, right, when Israel were without a king, and you know how that played is that God has always wanted to be close with His people, but the more you wanted to be close with his people, the more his people wanted to be far from him to some degree because they were relating to him, you know, from Adam. And then it just it just seemed like there was some dissipation and distance that was being drawn. And that's why they wanted a king because God was ruling as their king. But then they asked for 
a king and and you know and this this is this is the, the emotional side of god you know i think sometimes he just wants the best for his people so he does as he please as, as they please and he gave them a king but then we see that that doesn't really go well we need to come to a level where we can say or see for ourselves that god wants that personal relationship with us. he doesn't want to impede upon us. he's not the bad guy in this story of yours because as you know as you mentioned it's just because of the fact that we've not really truly experienced true love and i think i spoke about this in some parts of the the episode in the fact of how god loves an individual when we begin to see that the way god operates is not the same way we do things not the same way our physical father treats us he's not the same way that boyfriend treated you he's not the same way that friend God is so different. And when we begin to see God for being God, I think that's when we can at least make baby steps towards coming to know him. Because all he wants, David says it, he says, you are my God. Because David understands that God wants a personal relationship with him. That's all God wants. He said, let man rule and have dominion over the earth he wanted some forward form of stewardship whereby he can relate with man here on earth it was never supposed to be some type of you know referred to a priest referred to a king referred to this person and that person god only desires for a personal relationship with you and this is coming into you more when you begin to open your eyes and see that truly god wants this communion with you and when you begin to let go of this self-centered tendencies you know, and begin to embrace this lasting relationship with God, then we can, I think we begin to see this idea of change. And, and, and change is a big word. Change is a big word, Sam. I agree with you. And um, I have to say, um, if you look at who God is just based on, you know, a, a, an honest, true, accurate Christian knowledge of who God is, he's a God of order. And he's not going to entertain a disordered environment that's not just his way that's not what he created and what you find is that as much as people may believe that there is god may want god or not they don't want order people essentially want to do their own thing they they want to be able to do their own thing because if you if if you're going to cry out why is there no god why are these things happening in the world why not create an environment of order that god can be a part of why not subject to that why not surrender to that and see if god doesn't show up but that order has to be there god isn't going to exist in disorder unrepentant disorder I know some people are getting to know God and you're still trying to kind of get their lives together and, and figure out the different bits. Grand. But the heart, where is the heart? Some people are crying out for God, but they are not interested in changing anything about your lives. I remember, um, did you want to say something? Um, yeah, I agree. Like It just goes back to this idea of, you know, you know, wanting to feel something, wanting to even experience something with, with doing the same things, same disorder that has been present. And if we keep on doing the same things, then we'll keep on living the same way and we will never encounter encounter God. You know, it reminds me of before I was a Christian and, uh, well, I was a Christian. 
<laughs> and uh, I was living a disordered and disorganized life. Um, I believed that there was God, but I did not act like there was one. Now, God is merciful. And God is merciful to all, not just me. But I, I was living two different lives. For a long time in my life, I lived two different lives. I claimed to be a Christian. I acted like I was a Christian. I went to church. I, you know, gave my offering, gave my tithe. I tried to be kind. I tried to be a positive influence to people around me. But in secret, I was living a life that would not be consistent with that. And I think there's a lot of people in the world today, Christian and non-Christian, who are living that dual life. If you think of the way that God works, he's a God of unity. He brings the body, the mind, the soul, one. You know, God is not, uh, for lack of a better word, he's not bipolar. He's, he's the one thing, you know, all of it's in him. And where we try and hold on to these two different parts of our lives, this aspect that wants God, but this aspect that doesn't really want the things that come with God, never works out. And we'll never fully have the more if we don't surrender, mm. if we don't remove the self. Mm. The Christian template is complete surrender to a God who is close. People yeah. want a God who is distant, but still in control. But the fact mm. of it is God wants close control. Mm. The Christian template is complete surrender to a God who is close, not forced surrender to a God who is far away, distant. God is not interested in a distant relationship. Yeah. God is not going to exert distant control. He's going to exert close control. He wants to be close and he wants to be in control. If you look at the Garden of Eden, uh, Genesis 3.8, it talks about how God came down and would always come. Well, it, it doesn't say that he would always come, but it comes across like this was a practice. This was an expected thing. In the cool of the day, he would come down and in Genesis 3:8, Adam and Eve heard him walking in the garden. It's a picture of close contact. It's a picture of close relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, going back to, to what you said, I think the reason why we were able to have this podcast together, or even develop the friendship that we have, is because I could share similar experiences with you in terms of our faith and our walk, because... Like, you know, some people, like Christians nowadays and non-believers nowadays, they like the story of, oh, I was actually in the world. In the, when I say in the world, means I was doing things which did not reflect my life and it was very, very visible, you know, and then I found Christ. So that's they like that comeback story. That's the comeback story that people like to see. But people don't understand that many of us don't have that extravagant story. Many of us were just Christians from birth. But we're not Christians from birth. Many of us were baptized at birth, but we're not baptized in the way, you know, that we ought to be. So like yourself, I was living that secret life, that life that wasn't reflecting Christ, that life that was filled with negative thoughts, thoughts that did not glorify God. And that life which was not reflecting God because you do it with outwards. And that's why if you read Different scriptures in the Bible, it always speaks of God saying, you know, they honor me with their lips. I think if you read Matthew chapter um, 15, verse 8, it says they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God wants the heart. That's what he desires more. 
And when I say heart, I just mean relationship, that intimacy with you. So many of us will be living that life of relationship, but that life of intimacy is not there. So we, we know God, we see him, we, we do things for him. And our story is just, it's a boring story because people can say, oh, this one is just, you know, he's just there in the church. But they don't really know that within you're actually in the world, if that makes sense. So to really experience this more, we need to accept that God wants us to be close to him. I think you mentioned distance. He wants us um, to seek him. It's very funny because it, it seems like this treasure hunt. It seems if you've ever played Snakes and Ladders, right? That was actually one of my favorite games. So like you. I've, I've played it before. It's uh, actually probably um, I have a Snakes and Ladders board actually here at home somewhere. Okay. But as a set for Christmas. Okay, just ship it over to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like God wants us to get to that hundred. You know, we roll the dice and then we sometimes we get beaten by the serpent, <laughs> which is a very good analogy for the devil. And then we come back down. But God wants us to continuously seek him. Most verses in scripture talk about seeking God. Isaiah 55 verse 6. I think you have something actually on Isaiah 55. Is it 55, right? Yeah, 55, 11. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Okay, but 6 actually says, seek the Lord where he may be found. Call on him when he's near. You are correct. Yes. So there's this concept of continuously seeking for God, like desiring him more. And that seeking means you're... You're decreasing that distance because you are far from him. But he wants us to continuously seek him. Matthew 6 verse 33, seek the kingdom. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. So, you know, God just wants, it all boils down to this idea of he wants you to stop playing like you know him and actually take actions to find him. That's his deepest desire, that you will seek him and you will find him, that you'll find you'll find him in that moment of, you know, intimacy. You find him in that place of intimacy that as we pursue. And, and this is one of the things I will always have a thought on and you might disagree. But I believe that the more we draw and the more we seek after God, the more he reciprocates and draws closer to us. What would you say about that? Well, I, I agree to an extent, I guess. I, I think maybe it's just a choice of words. I think mm. the more we seek him and the more that we do find him, the more of himself is revealed. Yeah, that would be the way that I would see it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree that the more of himself is revealed. So the more we seek him, the more we, we begin to like unlock things that we've not seen. I was going to use a, a Christianese word there and say dimensions of him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very Christianese. But, but I, I, I think I think it's important to find him. Not find only him. seek him, but find him. But find him. And when you find him, that's when you then start that journey. Um, so, so yeah, it, 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 to be honest, Sam, it just, it, it just goes down to, you know, some people have really, the Bible says that they've really hardened their hearts. You know, it, 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 they've hardened their hearts. And in, in, in Psalms, 90, I think 95, it talks about the concept of people hardening their heart. And, and to harden their heart means to actively intentionally say that i'm not going to to do this i'm not going to pursue god and and i don't think that's the right steps so this idea of hardening your heart and refusing to seek god it it, it doesn't have a happy ending it doesn't have a, a satisfying ending 
I guess the other side to it is that, you know, despite our feelings, despite the, the, the way that we act, God is independent of all that. Uh, as much as we act like we don't want God, it doesn't stop him still being who he is. God brings order. He brings structure. He brings unity all under one spirit, his spirit. He works in us in sacrificial love. He wants us to prefer others before ourselves so that not a single soul is left behind. But this is not the way of the world we live in. But that doesn't change God still wanting those things. The, the imperfection of this world doesn't change who God is, but somehow we let it change who we are. The imperfection of this world clouds our experience of people, clouds our experience of each other, our experience of things, our understanding of things. We see the worst in this world and we are led to believe the worst in people. We see the worst in this world and it makes us approach each other with wariness and distrust and mistrust and misconceptions. Um, this shows in terms of sexism, in terms of ageism, in terms of racism. We, we just have these things, these thoughts, these conceptions in our minds and we use them these imperfect thoughts, these imperfect conceptions, these imperfect understandings, and we use them to guide our lives. But God doesn't change who God is and what he represents. People might change that. People might misconstrue and miscommunicate that. But who God truly is does not change to fit anything that the world is doing. God loves you, the worst of us and the best of us. God loves us the same. And so rather than use the imperfection of this world to dictate who we are, let us use the perfection of who God is. I know that that is Christian speak, but to simplify it, if we want more out of our lives, if we want that more that God has created for us, then we need less of everything that screams for God to get out of our lives. If we want more from God, then we need less of all the things we've accumulated in our separation from him. The fact of it is God wants to be close, but human tendency is to be distant. What causes distance? Distance is a desire for independence. If we truly want more from life, if we truly want God in our lives, we need to close the distance. That's just simply what it is. We cannot every single time something wrong happens, call for God, but actually live a life that is telling God to get as far away from me as possible. I've spoken to people who say, oh, I don't believe any of that Christian stuff. I don't go any of that way. But then in their mind, they're hoping for a better world. It's just it's 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 two opposite ends of the spectrum residing in one person. I just find it yeah. just really interesting how people kind of work all that out. But the fact yeah. of it is God wants to be close. What are you saying? No, I'm saying and sometimes, you know, they were just. Sometimes I get people tell me, oh, I like your Christian, I like what the Bible preaches, but I don't like the concept of <laughs> who inspired it. In, in, in John 14, Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth. And he doesn't say, I provide the way, I provide some truth and I can give you some. You know, he says, I am the way. So it's not about the things the Bible can, it's not about what you can get from a nitpick. 
you know it's not what you can pick here and apply it to your life it's about coming to the full understanding that the what you are seeing is a reflection of the source um that's just to to, to add on what you said but another thing which i was meditating upon you know while building up to the last episode of this series is this idea and i think i spoke about it briefly on how god wants more fruit from us and the only way he can achieve that is through pruning us if we have a look at um, a portion in the bible in john 15 we see how he gives us this representation well jesus christ speaks of god the father as this gardener who prunes and who who tends to the vines and this is just synonymous with this idea of god trying to ensure that we produce fruit and it's it's using the word prune to prune is to actively take away leaves and take away things that are going to inhibit growth or inhibit the production of fruit uh, within a tree so god is constantly pruning us if you read john 15 it talks about how you know he is a true vine right and every branch so it talks about every branch so for us to be a branch means we have to be connected so to be connected means you 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 accept this gospel you accept john 3:16 and then you become part of this 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 vine and when we begin to to become part of this vine there's this idea that god wants us to bear fruit and sometimes when we 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 look at sin the way it works is that the discipline when we begin to be disciplined in terms of character and personas and, and our personalities when we deal with our sin that refers to being disciplined but when it comes to the idea of pruning that's now not necessarily discipline but it's now coming to the idea of refining and shaping who we are so in general what i'm trying to say is that when we become part of god's family when we become part of this vine there is some work that god is going to continuously do in us and it's not necessarily because um he, he desires us to continue struggle you know because i get sometimes believers and christians we we are in the faith and we we, we get to points where we have highs and lows and we don't feel like it at some days and some days we 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 do get the energy and sometimes we just you know we question ourselves and it feels as if god is going hard on us you know i feel like it's sometimes like god is just continuously boxing us down you're know, like you know god give me a break but i want us to understand that we are part of his vine and those who are part of god's vine well he prunes I think another verse says, to whom he loves, he chastises. So God prunes us to be able to work inside of us, within our character, to be able to bear much fruit. So I, I don't know if that, that resonates um, with you or if you you get an idea of what I'm trying to um, I, communicate. I, abso- I absolutely get it. And um, I agree with you. And I would just add, um, although the scripture in John is leaning towards believers, I think that there is work that God wants to do in everybody. And that is Psalm 63 verse 1. You know, my 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 soul longs for you, my flesh faints for you. Stuck in this world, 
one way or the other we need god and uh, i i think it's it's just a decision that we all have to make we are made for more there is more than this but where does it come from is it more of this world or or we have the fate will we act on that fate that god is real that he exists that he can be something to us someone for us it's easy to act like god is distant like it doesn't exist because it allows us in our minds to continue with our life choices it's easy to do that it's easy not to take responsibility people recognize they understand that when you know you become liable so it's easy not to know it's the easy way out but not no worth having comes easy it requires work it requires effort it requires putting yourself out there it requires faith choosing not to know is not the same as not knowing god sees the heart and he knows the lie about the lie if you truly want more in this life for yourself for your family for your loved ones for your friends for your country for your community you need to choose god you need to choose jesus christ we apply faith in every single aspect of our lives we take a step we get in the car we chew on bread it's faith that this will happen even when we feel sick and we decide to go to the doctor we're applying faith that okay we're talk to the doctor and by some chance he'll know what's going on he'll give us something and it will work we apply faith in every single aspect of our lives but the one aspect where potentially we will get the biggest gain it's so difficult for us to do so and i understand historically for whatever reason tradition it's just hard to believe i understand that the message of god and who he is has been probably modeled in some of our minds i understand that a lot of us have bad experiences based on the actions of people but we cannot use the imperfection of this world to decide who god is we cannot use and allow the imperfection of this world to decide our thought process about everyone else if we did that all we will continue to do is just continue to make this world imperfect and so i think this is probably a good place to leave um made for more i'm really grateful that you've been able to tune in what about you able be um yeah um, i'm so happy we were able to to do this uh, i know it's a bit spontaneous and um reactive in the way we we approached it but we have five episodes of consistent blabbing and speaking and all we're trying to say in so many different ways is that god wants you and that god wants you to want him yeah essentially that, that yeah you're not nameless you know faceless that he desires you to and this is the way that keeps as i'm listening to you speak sam is just surrender 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 um true faith and i'll say this once true faith involves living the idea of self and embracing the relationship that god offers we live in a world where it's so much about self so much about me so much about because we are constantly being asked what do you think about this how do you feel so it, it is 
gravitated to you becoming your own God. But again, the, this world that we live in is imperfect and we were not created for it. We we're created for a perfect world with a perfect God who loves us and wants this relationship with us. True faith is about what God says. It's not about what we think, it's not about what we say. It's actually just what God says. And so if we're really kind of, okay, let's take God seriously. It's like, okay, what did he say? And what he said is, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Just, just take that as fact. If you haven't found God, it's because you haven't searched for him with all your heart. And that sounds harsh, but it is his word. And the Christian belief is that God's words did not return to him void. They don't do nothing. When God says something, that's it. And it happens. And it's the fact of life. If God says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's the only way to find him. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone. And uh, look, uh, all I can say is there will be trying times ahead. Give I, think, I think I wouldn't say trying times anymore, Sam. I think I'll use the word pruning times. Pruning times, yeah. Pruning times. <laughs> pruning times. Um, yeah. And for some, pruning is a lovely process. And for some, it's, 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 a, it's a painful process. But, you know, all who want to follow God, you know, take up your cross and follow him is what it says. And if you're carrying a cross, well, that's that's a heavy thing. And when it says take up your cross, if you think of what the cross represents for Jesus, the cross is what he died upon. So if you were to take up your cross, you're the one who's, you know, essentially going to hang on that cross. Everything from the past. Is hanging on that. Everything that you hold dear is hanging on that. And you're saying, actually, I'm choosing God now first. Matthew 16:25 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and this is for my sake being Jesus, you will save it. Okay, so we can go on forever doing this. Um, <laughs> so let me wrap up. Um, look, thanks to all our listeners. It's been a pleasure being able to record this and uh, share it with you. We want to hear from you. So feel free to message us on social media. You can reach us on Instagram. You can reach us on the website, uh, com. You can reach us by email, um, at gmail.com. Also, please uh, share this with someone, the Made For More series. Also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There will be bonus episodes by God's grace. And uh, yeah, be blessed. Thank there, you so there much. Will be Any last episodes, words? Uh, what did you say? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm saying there will be episodes. <laughs> oh, there, there will be episodes. <laughs> I, I, I know I was, I was fighting with you over this because Sam released um, Made for More 1 as a bonus episode. Then he released Made for More 2 as a uh, bonus. I'm like, when did this <laughs> bonus end? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, thank you so much for, for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know during your busy schedule to just um, listen um, as we speak and share with you God's word. Um, I believe, you know, Sam is always telling me that 
it's always good for us to have a, a word in season. So that's what we're striving at here at Die Christian Next Door. And we pray that the Lord will help us and will give give us grace to to share more with you. And we, we hope that you will be able to um, listen and be encouraged and you know grab something from it. Even if it's just one thing you, you get, it'll be such a huge blessing to just receive um, what God speaks to you as you as you listen. So thank you so much for for sticking with us till this point and and God bless you. Yeah, uh, God bless you. And I know that we said that um, we would share a prayer that would uh, help to get you on your journey towards uh, knowing God. So I might just ask you, Bube, if he doesn't mind um, to help us with such a prayer that people could repeat in their own time later on. If you're led and you want to say this with me, um, you can. So, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you with all humility, um, acknowledging my sins, that I am a sinner and I've fallen short of your standard. I believe that you sent forth your son Jesus uh, to come and to die for my sins and to save me from sin, from death and from the from hell. And I know that he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And at this moment, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my personal savior. And I ask Jesus and I invite him to come into my heart and to be at the center of my heart and the center of my life. Help me, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've said that prayer with me. Um, I believe God has heard you and welcome to the family of Christ.